I am actually propped up with my computer and my microphone in front of the TV to watch the NFL playoff games. Right now, Kansas City and the Cleveland Browns are coming on. I don't watch football except college football and the playoff games. I just really don't anymore. And I'll tell you, it saves me so much time on Sundays. It really does. Uh, anyway, I'm just wrapping up this podcast, putting the finishing touches on this one with Corey Foley, who was on my show. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple of seconds here, but it's ongoing series of radio war stories. And Corey, uh, one of my favorite storytellers and one of the most interesting people that I've ever worked with. And uh, we're going to get started right now, this week on... Radio War Stories, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything right now. Corey Foley worked on my show from, I want to say, uh, 2004 to 2007. I think Hello, it was 2003 to 2007. Was it 2003? Yeah. It yeah, because you were here for four years. Do you remember the day that I called you to tell you you got the job? Do you know what the big news story was that day? Oh, gosh. Well, it would have been maybe in March of 2003. I That's, don't. What is it? I'm going to tell you because I called you. I was in my basement at my old house, and I called you, and you said, oh, my God, they found Elizabeth Smart. <gasps> oh, Wow. And that was the day that I hired you. Elizabeth Smart was that girl that got, she was the Mormon girl that got kidnapped in Salt Lake City and disappeared for like a year and a half. And everybody thought she was dead. But they found her. They found her. And that was the day that I called you to say, hey, the job is yours if you want it. So put a little timestamp on that. That's Um, really cool. Because I was just thinking of the day that I met you, the first time I met you, because I came to interview twice and and you took me to the Mall of America and you bought me a little key ring from the, the key ring store with my Irish heritage on it. I remember um, that. Oh my God. And I was just like, I want this job so bad, but I knew, I knew that you weren't sold on me. So I was, th- you know, they have all these gimmicks. DJs have gimmicks. Uh, sometimes they'd send a pizza to the station with your resume on the inside of the box. Or, you know, something kitschy. So I took a sign, and this probably isn't politically correct, but I took a sign and made it really dirty and ratty, and I wrote, we'll work for KDWB, and I put the D backwards. Um, that's really probably not PC now. I would probably really offend somebody with that now. But okay, you know what? I'm going to end this interview right now. This is bullshit. This is <laughs> bullshit. No, I remember that. Absolutely. And you know what that was? That's what pushed you over the top. I don't remember having any hesitations about you, but I definitely remember that sign. And um, I was like, I like this girl. So Well, my first interview was like on the air. I was bad because I had to do the news and I didn't know how to pronounce anything. And I didn't know where the hot spots were because I wasn't from there. And so the next time I came into interview, you're like, hey, don't do the news. Let's just get to know you this time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to tell, you know, we're all about stories. I'm going to tell one story on you right off the bat here. Okay. And, and really I should save it to the end cause it's an awful, awful story, but, um, but <laughs> don't blow Corey, your wad. Corey is dirty. She earned the nickname filthy Foley on our show. And, and I love that about her. Um, and Corey used to talk about somebody she knew that had a horsehair butt plug and, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a butt plug. That's got a horsetail sticking out of it. And uh, we're not going to say, yeah, we're not going to say who that was, but I'm like, oh my God, you are filthy, filthy Foley. So, (laughs) so then, you know, and we love that about Corey. And then as we progress down the road, 
Um, we were doing a mic check one time and I forget what the occasion was like, Corey, check your mic. And usually when you check your mic, you say one, two, testing one, two. Corey said, cunt liquor. And (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, there's nobody else in the world like you. I swear to God on my tombstone, it's not going to say here lies Corey Foley. It's going to be like, here's cunt liquor. Let's hope so. I mean, if everything goes right. So, Corey, <laughs> thanks, thanks for agreeing to do this. You know, Corey and I worked together for four years, and uh, we had a great time. And people still remember you. And people still, there's a lot of people who will still say, you know, I like Fallon, I like Lena, I like Angie, but Corey was my favorite. And uh, nice. I that you were the smartest person that was ever on our show. And I don't think Thank that's you. true. I think Crisco was probably the smartest person on our show. But um, you... You didn't know Crisco, did you? That was after you left. No, I knew Crisco. You put Crisco in my new car naked. We did. You had an Audi TT. It was brand new. Tell that story because I don't remember it as well as you might. So my mom had, like, my mom literally passed away the Tuesday after I started with you guys. So it was kind of a rocky start because I was on the air Friday and then gone because I had to go home and, um, Long story short, you know, my sister and I sold our childhood home. We split the money and I put most of it in savings, but I wanted to treat myself. So I got a brand new blue Audi TT convertible and it had this beautiful caramel leather interior. And you had Chris go steal my keys when I wasn't paying attention. And you sent his fat naked ass to sit in the front seat and eat sour cream potato chips. <laughs> what a great bit. <laughs> and so, and yeah. then and you, were, you were genuinely pissed. I don't, I know his hygiene. I don't want that ass on that seat. So (laughs) then you doubled down on the whole thing. You had Chris go copy my house key, go to my house and get in my bed naked. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's when I really got pissed. I'm like, no, we're crossing boundaries now. I don't want it in my bedroom. God, I'm glad, I'm glad I had you on. I kind of, I remember the car one when you told me. I didn't remember the bed one until you told me about that. That's crazy. You wow. copied my house key. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Well, you know what's funny is that you and I were talking before this started. It's like there's so many things that you just couldn't get away with anymore. And I want to, I want to prompt you a little bit. If you can tell the story, this is before you came to uh, Minneapolis. You were in Orlando, and you were giving away a Toyota. Two Toyotas. Okay. How did that work? What happened? So it was actually in Tampa and it was a hip hop station and we were crazy. All of us were young and hungry. And this is when radio had money. We had a street legal tank we would have in parades. Uh, They got us matching camo. They'd hire strippers as the promotion girls. And we had the hottest promotion people. Um, So one of the guys I worked with in the morning had this crazy idea. He's like, we need to do a contest where we give away to Toyotas. And the way you'd win is you're going to come out, we're going to broadcast live and people would come out and do the craziest thing they could. And the person who did the craziest thing would win one of the Toyotas. So two people had a chance to win. People did crazy shit. Literally one woman was about to eat dog shit. She had brought her dog shit to the location and she's got it up to her mouth. And I go, don't tell me when I said this to you, but don't do it. It's not worth it. I mean, people were like hitting themselves on the head with hammers and, you know, giving us their children. And I'm getting so scared because we weren't really giving away two Toyotas. We gave away two toy 
Yoda's. I got out of there. Once that was announced, like once our, our main guy was like, hey, everybody, it's, here are the two Toyotas. I thought there was going to be a riot. I jumped, <laughs> I jumped into the station vehicle and hauled ass out of there. I was like, everyone for themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. And we didn't and get in trouble. We didn't get in trouble at all. You know what? Now you'd be sued. Now you'd be yep. sued. There'd be lawsuits. There'd be like mental anguish. There'd be all kinds of things. Um, and you didn't get in trouble for it because that, I mean, you personally wouldn't have because it wasn't your plot to do it in the first place. And there wasn't really any sort of, you know, there's so much formula and rules now to when you give something away or, you know, trips, they've got to sign all these documents and there's got to be all this legalese. Um, we didn't have to do that at all. We just told our promotions people who were like, hey, we're going to do this prank. And no one cared. Remember when you uh, gave away $100 bills out of a helicopter? I do. Yes. And they were uh, bills for $100. You were charging everyone $100. Yep. It's, I, I can't believe we pulled that off, but we flew a helicopter over like a park up north somewhere like Anoka. And yep. we said, yeah, it, it was April Fool's Day and nobody figured that out. Um, we're giving away, you know, come up, we're throwing $100 bills out of a helicopter. And people came like, I remember somebody came all the way from Duluth. And uh, so we did. Sure enough, the helicopter, we had a friend who had a helicopter, was a pilot, flew the helicopter up over the horizon. Here he comes, hovers over the park and drops $50 bills, invoices for listening to the show. And people were so, some people were so pissed, but most people were like, oh man, I should have known. You got me. You can't, you just can't do that stuff anymore. And you know what? And we don't, and a lot of radio stations just don't have budgets. I mean, we did something, you know, I always try to make this podcast not about me, but everything reminds me of something. But um, uh, we did something that was a much milder version during the elections. We said, I hired a banner that said KDWB says vote for F-O-C-K-S-A-K-E. So it sounded like a candidate named Foxake, but it was basically like KDWB says vote reminds you to vote for Foxake. And, uh, and that was pretty mild. We couldn't get any trouble, but you know, I paid for half of it out of my own pocket. Well, you have to nowadays. Because there's no budget for anything like that. So, you know, in, uh, I'm in Portland right now and the last radio station I was working with, we couldn't get any exposure. And my co-host had just gotten off of an afternoon show that it was a huge hit. They were like number one in afternoons for over a decade. And people would always ask, where's Mitch? Where's Mitch? I'm like, you guys, you've got this piece of gold right here, this market equity. And they never advertised us. Not once. We had to do all of our grassroots guerrilla marketing ourselves. And at one point I went to um, one of the bosses and I was like, is it cool if I buy Corey Mitch decals myself, I'll pay for it out of my pocket. Yeah. And they were like, well, legally we can't really do that. And they ended up poning up the dough for these decals. I went all around town and stuck them everywhere I could. You know, I would go to restaurants and be like, will you put this up, please? And that was probably the most advertising we got. There's no budget. Because they used to do TV commercials and uh, billboards. And, you know, there's some radio stations that still have the budget to do that. <clears throat> We're not one of them. So we have to get really creative or spend our own money. And uh, sometimes, you know, you can get publicity. But a lot of the times getting publicity itself causes, you know, costs money. Um, so... Uh, you and know, you have to be just, careful about that too, because you can't get away with like public stunts. When I was in San Francisco, we were trying to get attention for the morning show and I was going to ride a horse across the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and we were planning it out. My husband was going to be in his SUV behind me to kind of keep me safe. There's going to be somebody in front of me. 
And eventually our program director was like, you know what? If you guys get arrested, I can't help you. And I said, well, then it's not worth it to me. But back in the day, who's the guy? Was it Man Cow that got his hair cut on a on yeah. a road? Yeah, it's kind of an, in, an infamous story. I mean, do you want to tell the story? Uh, you probably know it better than I do. So I guess there was a point like 93 or 94 where Bill Clinton um, got his haircut on the runway of an airport right. and they they blocked traffic. He was on an airplane, like on Air Force One, getting a haircut and they blocked traffic because he had to have his own personal barber do it. And so the barber did it and then got off the, uh, got off the airplane. So a lot of traffic was blocked and people were pissed. So Mancow got in the station van on the Golden Gate Bridge. Mancow was a DJ in San Francisco at the time and uh, he blocked traffic and got a haircut uh, in the van and people were pissed because, you know, they were on their way to work or on the way to a doctor's appointment or, you know, pregnant wife or pre- whatever. And um, uh, yeah. And he got into a lot of trouble, but it really put him on the map. That's the thing. How do you get yourself on the map? Because I mean, I'm just another unemployed DJ. So I'll, you know, my podcast <laughs> will be coming out soon. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> there's so many podcasts. Oh, I know it. Well, you're writing a book too. You're writing a book about kind of exactly what we're talking about, um, about crazy radio shit. And you and I saw some of it when you worked at KDWB. The funny thing is there's a lot of it that I can't tell these stories until the people are dead. And uh, some of the people that I worked with, seriously, I would love to tell some stories, but I'm not going to get sued. And I don't want to badmouth people for doing a couple of things that were fucked up because for the most part, the people we worked with were great people. But one day when they're dead and they can't sue me, then I'll tell, <laughs> me, then I'll tell these stories because you can't defame the dead because the dead have nothing to lose. So I can't, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to be careful of that in my book because a lot of the funnier stories are very naughty, but I'm not naming those names. The ones who I, of course, you know, radio is so incestuous. We all know each other. They'll know exactly who I'm talking about. He was the one who had come into work and he'd go, ah, why are you so fucking stupid? <laughs> Remember, I, we were walking down the hall and he gets off the elevator. That's the first thing he says to me. I'm like, good morning to you, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Well, you know, that's the funny thing is that, you know, there's great stories, but you really can't, uh, you know, reveal their names. But some of them you really want to. There's some real, listen, I, I say this to everybody, it's like 95% of people in radio are wonderful people. And I love most all of them. But there's been a couple of assholes where it's like, God, I wish I'd never cross paths with you. Oh, and totally. I'm sure you probably have a couple in there and some stories about bad management or crazy shit you got asked to do or anything else that you want to share. Oh, I had a boss. We were, this This was really not good for us. There was a Bennigan's next to the building. And I know there aren't Bennigan's anymore, but it was like one of the first chain restaurants you could get mozzarella cheese sticks and it was an <laughs> Irish theme. And, you know, they always had huge St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Well, ours was right next to our, our radio station building. So we were there a lot and we were celebrating something. I don't know if it was ratings or it was Tuesday, but my boss is sitting there and I walk by him and he's like, you know, Corey, I don't uh, usually like white chicks, but I'd fuck you. Oh, God. Hashtag me too. And and so and so today you could easily sue somebody for a million dollars. What did you do? I you know what? I didn't I was just so shocked I didn't do anything. But then as I got to know him better, I in his brain, he was that was a compliment to him. <laughs> he was complimenting me. And wow. I noticed that a lot, like in radio. I mean, 
and all these stories will flood my head of what what went on at that station and how we're all not dead is is amazing to me. And sadly, you know, three people I've worked in radio with are dead. Way too young. Not to not to go dark, but it's it can be a very intense business. Yeah, you know that that Did is, I kill your podcast? What's that? <laughs> Did I kill your podcast? Um yeah, we can sign off now. We're going <laughs> to sign off now. Well, you know, it's it's funny because I've I've come across this not with just radio people, but just like people in general. And it's like people say, I miss the days when you could be filthy at work, when you could be like, you know, you didn't have to worry about, you know, people saying this or making a dirty joke or saying, you know what, you know, I don't usually like white women, but I'd fuck you. That's that you know what? You were shocked, but here you are laughing about it. And do you ever do you ever think, you know what, I kind of miss those days when you could say dirty shit at work? Oh, all of my radio husbands, including you, um, I sound like a radio slut. Um, we've <laughs> always, behind that door, when the studio door shuts, every, everything you say is holy. No one can rat you out. No one can get you in trouble. Because yeah. yes. you have that, you know, we spend so much time together. I mean, normally I'd spend more time with you than my husband. So It's you, true. Yeah, it's very true. You get these really deep relationships with people and, and you know, you know stuff about me that I would never say in public. But well, it's I know funny. what happened to that way. You went on, you went to a wedding one time in Tampa when you, you were up here and you're like, I'm going down for a wedding. And then you told me a story about what you did at the wedding when you got back, which I won't share with anybody, but you probably know what I'm talking about. Sleeping with the best man? I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love that stuff. You know, I, I was uh, <laughs> what's that? I was single, ready to mingle. Yeah, I don't, no, no, no judging at all. Um, you know, it's funny because I, <laughs> I don't even know if I should tell this, but I worked with a woman one time and it was the same kind of relationship. And I would sit there on the stool and there was no sexual attraction at all. It was just being stupid and being funny. She would come in and grind her vagina on my knee <laughs> and, like say, and say, vagina bone, vagina bone. And I would <laughs> like, will you get your nasty vagina off my knee? And we would laugh about it. And now I still am friends with this person and we bring it up rarely, but once in a while, we're like, holy shit, can you believe that we ever did Go what? ahead. No, I was saying, all the workplace say, massages that took place. Oh my God. What about my favorite what about, was uh girth on special occasions every once in a while? Yeah. The studio door would open, like maybe it's my birthday, and there's Girth the intern, and he's completely naked, bent over, and he has pulled his junk to the back. So it's like he mooned me, but he's giving me a fruit bowl. <laughs> I remember that. I saw that once. I know it happened more than once. Oh, it was somebody so would say, fun. Oh my God. And you and know the what? best part was it was the fruit was so red because he had pulled so hard to get it back there. <laughs> you know, I, I think that there's certain things that I'm glad that they're gone. That might be <laughs> one of them. Uh, but, but yeah, definitely is definitely has changed. Well, let's, Let's talk about, you know, I, 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 it's, it's kind of hard when I do these interviews. It's hard for me to say, well, do you have another story about a salesperson? Or do you have another story about, you know, a bad appearance? Or do you have, so I will just leave it up to you. Just you pluck one from the tree at random and, and let me know what you got. Okay, I got a couple of them. One is a client that 
uh, I met with, you know, when you're going to advertise somebody's product and you're going to put your name on it, a lot of times they want you to meet ahead of time and, and sit down and talk about the product. And he was, uh, selling a weight loss pill and he just went on and on in detail. He's sitting in his office and he's one of those big leather chairs on wheels. Yeah. And he was really excited about this story. You know, I have to mention he was easily 300 pounds, but according to him taking this pill, he was already down a hundred. He's, and my, my co-host is with me because we're both going to pitch the product. And right in the middle of his excited speech, he falls out of his chair and onto the ground. Oh my God. (laughs) I almost peed my pants. I, it was so hard not to laugh, but this is a paying client. And so (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I can put my name on this product. Oh my God. And then there's always weight loss products in radio. I did a weight loss product called, um, oh, maybe I shouldn't say what it is, but, uh, what? Yeah. Don't say it. I don't want to get in trouble. You didn't eat a lot. There, it was really restricted calories, and I was working out at the same time. So when I would go to the clinic, they'd be like, "How much are you working out versus how much you're eating?" And they said, "Well, you need more calories because you have more muscle tone, and you need to put more food in, or your body's going to go into starvation mode." And so I meet with the client. He's not in the clinic. He's like one of the head guys at the office, and he's like, "She's not losing weight. She's still fat." Right in front of me. Oh fuck. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you. Wow. You know, that is one of the perils of our business. And, uh, you know, we've been asked to do different kind of like stuff that, that we don't want, we won't endorse. Um, uh, I think I had one that was like an anti baldness cure and they, was this like, this is like, if you have thinning hair, my hair is like, okay for a guy my age, but you know, every guy wants more hair sure. and it's like, yeah, rub this on your scalp at night. And I was like, this doesn't work. It's not going to work. And I think that was the one client that I that I turned down because most of the, I mean, every other client that I've endorsed has been something that's like, okay, I can live with that. I can either I like it or, you know, if it's a mortgage company, I might not get a mortgage company, mortgage through them. But once in a while, I get the weird ones. So, oh, I, in Minneapolis, they asked if I would endorse a furrier. And are you serious? Were, yeah. It, they were so mad because I said, no, I, no, I love animals. I would never wear a, a real fur. And, <laughs> The, the, uh, I can't believe there's fur, furriers that are still in business. It's crazy. Salespeople uh, are ruthless. I remember one salesperson I worked with at KDWB. Um, I had never gotten paid. She had gotten her commission, but I didn't get paid for I did like two appearances and did all these endorsements on the air. And I was like three months later and I'm like, hey, am I ever going to get paid? She's like, what do you need it? You have an Audi. And I was oh, like, oh, and I said, do you know how I have that Audi with, um, the money I got when we sold my dead mom's house. I didn't say that. I was thinking it, but um, oh, wow! just they're so, they're, they just, and I get it. I've, in radio, I've always felt like DJs say, well, they couldn't sell the station if we weren't on the air. And the salespeople are like, well, you wouldn't have a job if we didn't sell the station. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that a bunch of times. The first time I heard it, I was like, wow, I never really thought about it that way. You know, for the most part, there are you know, salespeople that are good and good hearted and whatever. And I'm friends with nearly all the salespeople that I know back there. But I got one involving your boy, Crisco, because you remember Crisco. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and Crisco was, you know, he's he's doing really well now. He's at KS95. And uh, but, you know, Crisco was was everybody's buddy. And Crisco was like, okay, sure, dude, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Okay. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Isn't so there a Chris- shake weight meme of him out there? 
There's still a shake weight. Yeah, it is one of him with his shirt off doing a shake weight and his big old titties bouncing around. And, um, he was probably about 18 years old or so when he did that one. But um, sorry, uh, he there was a salesperson and this salesperson was super shifty. And I won't say who he was, but he's like, Crisco, go to lunch with me. Come on. You want to go to lunch? And Crisco was like, yeah, sure. When? <laughs> uh, like Wednesday, Wednesday at noon. I'll meet you at, re- at this restaurant. Okay. That sounds great. Because Crisco doesn't get asked to lunch very often. So Crisco shows up at lunch and, and he walks in and there's a, a, a table set up out front with KDWB banners all over it. And um, and uh, there's a couple of prize people like street team, you know, interns behind the table. And they got CDs and DVDs and T-shirts all over the table. And the sales guy comes up and he's like, oh, Crisco, you know, that's great. You know what? I'll I'll order you something to eat. Um, just stand over here behind this table. Oh my and, God. Uh, and, and so this guy had basically conned Crisco into doing a free non-paid appearance without even telling him what he was going to do. Oh. And this, this guy was super shifty. So it did not surprise me at all. So there's always one of them, like the guy who's like, Hey, um, I'm just going to go to lunch. I'll be back soon. And then he's like, you know, drinking all afternoon, comes back <laughs> around five. I knew some salespeople that were like, um, we got to go on a sales call. And then they'd come back and they're like, oh my God, we just saw the new movie. (laughs) I think we had a guy that worked at the station that did that all the time. So, (laughs) well, Corey, I I don't want to put you on the spot for one more story, but if you have one more that you must tell, then uh, I'm all ears. I have one. It's really dirty and it will be in my book. Okay. Um, But this again was in Tampa. And I came into the station. I don't remember why these two girls were there, but it's, you know, the morning show super early and these two girls come in. They're obviously strippers um, because they smell like cigarettes, sadness, and other people's regrets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the guys had set this up on the show and I didn't know what it was supposed to be. So one of them pulls out some Benoit balls and if you don't know what Benoit balls are, they're like, sometimes they vibrate. Sometimes they're just silver balls, but they go into a woman's lady garden. Yes. Yes. And they're used for stimulation. So I guess she was there to demonstrate how those work. So she's on the floor in a beanbag to the left of me and the other strippers on the right side of me. And she is smoking a cigarette with her prison's purse. Do you know what a prison purse is? No, I don't. It's your vagina. Oh, no shit. Are you serious? Yeah. She had a cigarette in her vagina. Smoking it. And this was, you were doing a radio show and this was part of the radio show. This was live on the air. And I remember at that point going, I have to make better choices. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Corey, you've got the best stories and you were still filthy poly to me. You always will be. (laughs) <laughs> Corey Foley, thanks so much for being on uh, on the podcast. Uh, stay in touch. I hope you land back on the radio sometime real soon. And uh, let me know when your book comes out so I can tell everybody to go buy your book. Thank you so much. This was really fun. All right. That wraps up another edition of Radio War Stories. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Love your feedback. Send it to uh, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Working on book two of the book. Yep, that is in the works 
it's kind of slow going because, you know, we've got a lot to do. We really do. Uh, the morning show keeps us so busy, and then I like to do other things besides just work as well. But I so appreciate you listening to this podcast. I really do. And I don't think I thank you enough for listening to this podcast. And if you take the time to download this when there are so many other great podcasts, God love you. Thank you so much. That's why I want to hear your comments, because if there's something that you're really enjoying about it, or it's like, nah, Dave, okay, we've kind of had it with the Radio War Stories, or damn, Dave, this is some good stuff, then let me know. Because the only way that I get feedback is by your listens and by your emails. So um, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. We'll see you next week with another Radio War Story. And if you are a radio person and you want to be on the podcast because you're going, I got some good shit that I could share too. Love to have you on. Thanks again to my buddy Corey Foley, and we'll see you next week on Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything.